Hey, welcome to the comic syllabus. For kids, teens, and in-betweens, or rather, today, kids, teens, and hero boy machines. <laughs> That's right. We're talking about Everyday Hero Machine Boy by Irma Gnivola and Tri Vong. In fact, we're talking to Irma Gnivola and Tri Vong about Woo-hoo. their uh, new graphic novel from Image Comics, Everyday Hero Machine Boy. Um, co-host kid this is a book that i am super excited about what are your feelings yeah it was a great book unfortunately i will not be in the interview talking to uh irma and try but i will be there in spirit you'll be there in spirit and you got to say hi a little bit beforehand um we got a chance to talk to these two um super fun super brilliant and really really kind uh, creators about their um, new graphic novel um, Everyday Hero Machine Boy is something that Co-host Kid and I read, um, and it's just out yeah. from Image Comics um, at comic shops and bookstores. Uh, Co-host Kid, tell us what you remember about this story. What was memorable about this um, uh, graphic novel about uh, Everyday Hero Machine Boy? Uh, well, it was a very sweet book. Mm. Um, a little bit of humor sprinkle on in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun, funny. Fun. Funny, yes. Very heartfelt. Yes. Yeah, it's got all those tones. A lot of nostalgia for people of our, of our generation. I say our generation, <laughs> you know, not not necessarily that I'm in the same generation as the creators, but close. I think I'm, I'm pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but also a lot of fun stuff that's um, for somebody... I think of your generation. I'm reminded of Turning Red. Mm-hmm. The um, was it a Pixar movie? The Pixar movie, right? Mm-hmm. And just how the that story had a way of appealing to the creators, which were, who were, you know, sort of my age or maybe ten years younger, but also <laughs> really spoke to kids. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. But this is a story about Machine Boy who crash lands to Earth from outer space, kind of a robot kid, and whose heart is jump started by a karate grandpa who. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who who punches him but it's a very loving punch you can tell that that like your martial arts teachers they punch with love it's <laughs> it's never a, a violence to hurt it's actually you know um kind of a what martial arts is and co-host kid tell me a little bit about the ways that you know normally if i talked about somebody punching you it would fill me with protective <laughs> fury (laughs) but in your martial arts class it's a little bit different what's it like in your martial arts class to get um you know to get punched (laughs) uh well okay i'm not that far along in my martial arts class but um we there is a couple moves where i interact with the teacher Mm -hmm. like kind of coming at me Mm -hmm. though obviously not really Mm -hmm. um and it just feels kind of good to be able to go against someone Mm -hmm. knowing that you're not going to hurt them and they're not going to hurt you yeah the intent is not actually to hurt each other there's a an intent to teach and to build self-discipline and strength right yeah so the karate grandpa um when he comes at machine boy it actually is a life-giving kind of gift um and as we'll hear um trivong say later on the, the book is a, a bit of a tribute to martial arts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what else do you remember about this book? Uh, well, it's basically about Machine Boy mm-hmm. and 
the adventures that he goes on. Yeah. Uh, between meeting new friends. Yeah. Uh, specifically, a girl named B. Uh huh. Which uh, is particularly appropriate because one of my closest friends' name is B. <laughs> Spelled the same funny, way too. Funny um, match. Yep. And being a huge fan of this boy band orphan universe. Uh huh. Yeah, so lots of funny things mixed in there. You can hear that even though the premise is about a, you know, sort of space robot um, landing on Earth, um, he's got to figure out going to school and mixing in with other youth in real life and uh, being a fan of a boy band and <laughs> man, negotiating friendships and all that stuff. So it's mm-hmm. a really fun book. It's one of my favorite comics of the year. I think it's that mix of humor, sweetness, and, um, and uh, fun and action and it's, it's packed and beautiful art too yeah yeah one of the things really i was nice. curious about when i read i think we i said this to you or we said it to each other is i'm curious the way that um since they're both credited as creators and it's not marked out that one is a writer or the and the other one is the artist or whatever i wondered mm-hmm. you know how they worked in tandem as as mm-hmm. artists cartoonists creators and you'll hear about, a little bit about that in the uh, in the conversation whoop, whoop. yeah it's a lot of fun uh, super nice, and I'm, I'm really grateful for um, the chance to talk to them. So let's listen in to the conversation uh, with Tri Vong and Irma Canibula about Everyday Hero Machine Boy. Here we go. Here we go. You're here on the Comic Syllabus podcast with um, multiversitycomics.com. Um, and we're here to talk about Everyday Hero Machine Boy from Image Comics, which, um, you know, graced comic book shops last week um, and also bookstores this week, September 13th. I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you so much for, for, for coming on and talking to, to me. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Um, the Comic Syllabus podcast is really about, you know, um, books, graphic novels, comics for all ages, because, um, you know, it's a, I think it's, it's, you know, comics is, is deeply rooted in my life and obviously my co-host's life too, um, my daughter, uh, and as an educator, I the privilege of just reading with, reading books and comics with, with young readers all the time. And so I'm always curious about uh, creators of, of, of all ages books. Do you have the same pitch for an audience of younger readers for this story as you would for say an audience of of maybe adult fans and and what what would that pitch be Irma do you want to do this or do you should I start um well I just wanted to say that I I don't think that our pitch would be significantly different uh and that we actually didn't make this book with like a middle grade audience in mind we just kind of made a book as fun as we possibly could um so yeah i think the pitch would probably be the same uh whether for adults or for kids yeah yeah i think we kind of accidentally made um a middle grade book yeah Uh, i think our pitch like i was making a book for irma and maybe Irma was making a book for me that's so we're just looking to entertain each other and then accidentally uh ended up where we were at i think Yeah, yeah yeah well, it seems like a lot of the the origin, or I guess what the pitch would be, came out of your collaboration with each other. So, where did this story come from, and 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 what was the sort of like birth, the brainchild of it between the the two of you? Well, 
Well, I guess I'll, I'll start on this and, and then <laughs> you can jump in. <laughs> um, so it was, I had an idea, it was just a scene. It wasn't really, um, there wasn't, it was a concept, but it wasn't really a story. Mm. Just had this idea of uh, like an old, old man that you, karate punches uh, a, a little robot robot's heart to life. Huh. And um, yeah. I couldn't get that. I knew there was like something really compelling about the idea. Like yeah. I didn't know what the story was. And I was I was having lunch with Irma and sort of like talking myself in circles, like wondering what it was. And I asked her if she would be, you know, like, what do you think? Is there something here? And like, would you want to maybe take a crack at this idea, see if there's anything? And and she's like, sure. And yeah. um, and we and we came up with um not the book as it is now, but just sort of like a prototype of a comic. Yeah, that's maybe like ten pages long, and, and she she built a whole story around that one central idea. Huh. I guess by accident, I was kind of interested in what came after that moment, uh, huh. and then just like I guess the everyday portion comes from you know like what is what is the mundane parts of his life? What do they look like after this this moment where his heart is awakened? And like, what does his life look like? Just as like a regular boy, like going to school. Yeah. Uh, and then beyond that, Try and I were just like making a lot of stupid jokes all the time. So there's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of characters in there that sort of like grew from our, our mutual fascinations and and sort of grew to the most extreme versions of of what that yeah. what that looks like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a kind of. Uh almost a spontaneous feeling about the various characters that are thrown in the mix. I mean, it, it's clearly well-planned and, and carefully dosed, but it's just, it's sort of like you, you're surprised by, by everyone as they come along. And so it's really kind of wonderful how that plays out. Well, if it seems well, sorry, I was just gonna oh, say, no. if it seems well-planned, that was, um, it's only because we managed to rein in the chaos. <laughs> it, it, it was like really, like uh, really, like some like a lot of the jokey characters we couldn't squeeze in so this makes no sense it's just it's a joke just that makes us laugh but we need to yeah. exercise some kind of restraint yeah and i like sort of going back to the pitch the original yeah document that we pitched had just like so much that we were trying to cram in that was just full of like mm. like genuine insanity that you know we kind of had to reel mm. it back and be like okay we need it this can't just be like bananas characters doing bananas things all the time <laughs> well i think that's the you, you can sense the energy there's the energy of people just really excited about ideas being exchanged back and forth and then you of course have to sort of like reel it all in and uh and funnel <laughs> it into a story into coherence but that happens you know that that's there as well it's it's really wonderful in fact i i, I love that that this this story that you're telling that you know try you had this initial idea of the karate grandpa go as we end up meeting yeah. um jump starting this character by um this thrust to the heart that gets his heart going and it's just such a there's so much humanity in that moment and um, actually my co-host just started martial arts class and there's something that for me as a is an asian american like watching her her you know sifu like teach her these moves there's something about it that's actually yeah. very i don't know parental you know uh, it's, it's something very kind of rich about that so i love that that that's your kind of um starting point of that idea 
Yeah, for me, it was um, the story was an opportunity to create like a love letter for martial arts for me, yeah. like not just in like um, like a pop culture sense, but I, I've I've always loved martial arts, like every aspect of it. Yeah, and um, yeah, it, it it's uh, really cool to to be able to express that in in comic form. Hopefully, yeah, it comes yeah. across. Yeah, there's there's a the uh, all the sort of excitement and tension of there that that you all convey artistically. It's it's awesome. It's so much fun, um, and I'm really interested that um, as you brought that idea to. It sounds like Irmo really was adding a little bit of a flesh, almost um, almost um, expanding the world into thinking about how now this boy after this cataclysmic event of their arrival has to figure out school and 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 sort of living with grandma and uh and I, I initially don't want to give up give away too much of the story i think it just has some um really fun and poignant twists and turns but it really does become about um, machine boy going to school and making friends <laughs> and trying to get along with that um were there certain kind of uh kinds of stories that you were drawing on as influences or or um you know sort of you know, uh, helped you to think about the, the the kind of everyday life that you wanted to depict? Um, I think I just kind of started asking questions to begin with. Like, mm -hmm. if you did go to school, what would that even look like? Uh, you know, because he's visually very different from, from everyone else and maybe even sort of like emotionally different from, from where everyone else is. So, you know, like what kind of happens from there? And then from that point, I think um, it became really a dialogue where Chai and I were just kind of talking about it and, and thinking about like, okay, what does this school look like? What does his experiences look like? Um, and where does it go from there, if that makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think we try to make, um, even, though it's, even though it's a silly world, mm. we, we try to not... Um, like every character felt pretty three to we try to write it as if every character was really three dimensional. Yeah. So anytime there was um uh anything happening really, like I don't think like uh, um I mean school is already traumatic enough, pos probably yeah. for like like you know, we just want to make it feel real and evoke those same um type of feelings that we can maybe all experience at one time or another. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. And um, I think um oh sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say that um, I think like the idea of food and cooking uh, really played a big role. And I, I feel like uh, Try and I are both either fully or partially of, of Asian descent. And mm -hmm. I feel like uh, the culture of like food and, and showing yeah. love through food seems like very, very strong in a, a lot of Asian cultures. So I don't know if that just kind of snuck in by without us really thinking about it, it just kind of felt a little bit natural that it's like, you know, how do you show love without necessarily saying, like, I love you. And often it's through like, okay, here's this giant plate of spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the spaghetti. Spaghetti, yeah, that's that's huge. <laughs> it it even caught me by um when because when I asked her, I was like, what do you what do you think is the approach into this story and then she came back a couple of days later with this spaghetti wrapper around the story is like yeah 
that took me just completely by surprise but that that's it that's exactly like the the right fit that was sort of missing uh in 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 my initial idea so it was fantastic work i guess especially because it was this grandma character and i don't know i just i see i associate grandmas always with like you gotta eat more you gotta eat more <laughs> <laughs> totally that was actually my first concern when we scheduled. I thought, uh oh, am I catching them? Did they get to eat dinner? You know, like just, no Asian. I'm just so worried. That, you know, like, I'm a late eater, anyways. Yeah, yeah. But it's a, it's a really tender moment in the beginning where um, we meet sort of karate grandma, right? May, and she's mm -hmm. sort of poking, you know grandpa and and uh you know said we need some tomatoes to make that spaghetti and <laughs> you know it shows their embeddedness in the community with mr hound and his convenience store and and it really becomes a kind of a mutual offering of their love which is just a beautiful part of of the story yeah oh, yeah i think there's I, something about tomatoes being because uh they're uh, they're an interesting fruit because they're pretty fragile <laughs> Yeah, and I felt like that, that was a really uh, um, it actually became a really useful storytelling device. Um, yeah, because yeah. it's like uh, trying not spoil too much, but at some point, Machine Boy has to sort of carry around these tomatoes, and yeah. you know, even when they're sorry state, they sort of seem to carry a lot of meaning. So, yeah, yeah, and yeah. something that grows from seed and takes a long time and, and sort of like fruits into something useful and delicious, uh, I guess, also. It's just something to that uh, as imagery. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you. The story totally has this great counterpoints where, you know, mega domed mega domed city of mega four one six, and there's a lot of sort of like, you know, hyper modern stuff. But then you have panels of just very organic seeds growing, that you know, sort of, you know, pace out, you know, or, or remind us of the, the very natural process of of growth that you know we're watching machine boy go through and then we're all kind of going through it's really nice yeah it's amazing that's like yeah. our our vagabond ripoff <laughs> yeah <laughs> is there is there tomatoes in vagabond i don't know uh, no isn't they like rice growing you know like the, oh, the right, meditation yeah. of the fields <laughs> yeah it's true except much more uh much less glamorous yeah i i think we were also a lot of uh we were really uh, inspired by just our, our um, local surroundings. Like mm. it's probably not too much of a surprise to anybody that's from Toronto that Mega 416 is based on Toronto. It's like 416 is our area code. We have the ZN Tower in Mega 416. But Toronto also has a lot of like interesting, like maybe every, every major urban center has this, but just sort of like these quiet parks nestled into like really dense areas and yeah um something about the two of those combined feels really homey for me yeah yeah and i guess sorry i, I was sort of being a little bit um jokey with the the vagabond ripoff but uh i also just really love growing plants uh huh. there's like something genuinely you know like at the beginning of the pandemic when everyone was like going insane and they're like uh i got these seeds from this tomato that yeah. i got from the supermarket and i'm just gonna put it in the soil and see what happens yeah. uh <laughs> there's just something so magical about uh you know this tiny thing that that you could put in the garbage or you could put it in the soil and then it yeah. grows into a full well i mean if you're lucky it grows into a full plant that that 
begets like more food or you know flowers or whatever which is just i can't really explain it but it's it's really magical to me uh, and it kind of never gets old totally totally it's the miracle of nature you know like <laughs> when, we, when we think about like technology and robots, you know, it's pretty mind blowing. But then you go into a friend's garden, you're like, how did you do that? Oh, I just put the seed in the ground and water and then it just grows. And you're just like, wow, nature is like mind blowing, you know, <laughs> totally get that. literally magic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, there's this uh, there's a lot of amazing juxtapositions that I'm curious about. And 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 I'm, one thing I'm curious about is as collaborators, whether you sort of talked about it or can it kind of just worked implicitly i love how you were saying that that spaghetti just felt right you know like um like you're mentioning mentioning toronto and and you know i'm in the bay area here and so i think a lot about these kind of world cities especially ones where there's there's quite a lot of asian diaspora communities mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of that kind of cultural hybridity maybe and mm -hmm. um so you got all these beautiful juxtapositions you know again the the technology and the organic or kind of karate spaghetti <laughs> you know the, those kinds of things and and so i, w I wondered if if di did you talk as collaborators about how to weave you know the asian kind of anime and manga influences with western storytelling or was it just kind of implicit in the way that you meld your your influences and and styles uh, I want to say that we just kind of followed whatever we were interested in. So I was uh, sort of deep in, in karate at the time. So obviously that that wove its way into the story, whether, you know, it was like a conscious thought or not. Um, and then, you know, like we talked about things like gardening and uh, cooking and, and these like sort of mundane things that I guess they're just sort of in the back of your mind, whether you like it or not. And, you know, they kind of like weave your way through or, or stories of, of family and, and like our own experiences. Yeah. Uh, like the way that uh, our own like sort of, you know, days in high school were <laughs> and the weirdness and, and sort of sadness of, of life just kind of wove its way through in a way that felt pretty organic. I don't know. Wait, mm -hmm. What do you think, Trey? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think de definitely in the beginning, um, sort of the blue skies phase, we we we, we, um, we just kind of went with what felt right. And um, also we were introducing each other to cool stuff that we, we liked as kids, or we, maybe we just talk about certain experiences we had as kids. And a lot of them were like, actually really, even though there's probably almost a generational gap between me and Irma, but uh, it, uh, it was like, oh, they, they're, um, they're, they're almost the same. Um, I'm not sure whether it's maybe, um, like you said, the Asian diaspora, maybe there's some commonalities in yeah. that experience anyways. Yeah. Um, I think it was sort of more in the, once, like, once we were past that initial stage and we had to like make a comprehensible uh, story, we mm -hmm. had to like stop going by feel all the time and really okay mm -hmm. let's see what what we have on the table and uh, right. uh, try to organize these thoughts more coherently so right. yeah because it's really fun to ask questions but then once you have to start actually answering those questions oh, yeah. it's pretty <laughs> difficult <laughs> yeah and um i think one of the things too is because we huh, now i'm the thinking about it um because both irma and i are like 
comic artist, writer. We kind of do everything, right? Yeah. So we yeah. they were just easier for us. And we sat right next to each other, right? Literally, yeah. you know, I could yeah. pull her ear if, if I wanted to, uh, and but I didn't. Um, but uh, it was just easy for us to draw kind of like when I saw her sketches uh, and layouts of, of spaghetti in the yeah. in the story, I was like, that makes complete sense. Like I understand the the, the story and its significance. Mm. Maybe if like I read a, a script or something, like maybe I'd have to like think about it, like why why, why spaghetti? Have... You know, yeah. But because, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just get things visually. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes it's actually really hard to to communicate things visually in any way other than visually like sort of <laughs> you know like if you're trying to get across this like quiet pacing especially i find uh going from like a script where like do you put like you know three panels of silence uh <laughs> but yeah putting yeah. it on the page sometimes it just feels a lot more meaningful um and it's yeah it's just easier to communicate like i said yeah so asking questions in, in visually was amazing but when it came time to answer those questions, we had to eventually resort back to the comic script just to. Right. <laughs> it was extreme. Yeah. It, we had, yeah, we had to hit some huge problems when we were trying to solve everything visually. Yeah. Yeah. But to have had such a rich stage of just swapping sketches, right, or pacing out moments, it sounds like there was a, a stage at which scripting really had to be necessary, but you had this rich repository of exchanged ideas that were visual when you were it was really fun because like uh you know the, the best part of collaborating is is you sort of have this half-formed idea then you pass it on to yeah. your your partner and so like you know sometimes it'd be like oh here's like this character that that sort of like half-formed and then try would come back with these these designs and i would be like holy smokes like uh between this and the design, like it feels like a fully formed character, and there's so much mm. um, in the design itself that informs mm -hmm. backwards to the character, uh, if that makes sense. So mm -hmm. uh, it was really, really fun to see all the designs that that try came up for, like the world, the characters, and, and everything. Mm -hmm. So that was super, super fun. Yeah, yeah. No, that sounds really cool. And what I love about that is. Uh, you know, we do hear about great creators, brilliant creators who write sort of script, fully formed, passed on to artists who do their interpretation. And then the, when there's a dialogue back and forth, but there's something kind of ideal and, and, and wonderful about that spark. You know, it's it's like the students that I see drawing with each other and, and co-imagining oh, yeah. co stories side by side. And um, I always think to um, to, to Jean Wen Yang and, and some of colleagues and friends he would talk about they would have a regular art night and they would just share comics that they were making and so even if they weren't collaborating just the live in-person shoulder to shoulder kind of you know sharing of, of your work and influences it just sounds so cool that's a that's uh, you can that's see true. the love showing up in your work absolutely yeah yeah i mean that was my favorite part about i mean i guess because we there was no uh we didn't make this to pitch to anybody initially so yeah. it was just done purely because it was just so much fun to to work with each other mm. um mm. so yeah i'm hoping that came through yeah 
it absolutely does. It absolutely does. And so I love that. So credited officially, and we should mention Aditya Bidikar lettering, but credited yes. both of you as as co-creators. So your 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 hand is in the in the storytelling, the art, etc. Correct? Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of a lot of uh, a lot of crossover between the two, but uh, I would say overall we co-wrote uh mm -hmm. try um for the most part did the uh the art and the designs um and then colors were uh, on my end oh, okay but e okay. even with the art i think um i think half the book um irma did that initial um quote-unquote script as layouts mm -hmm. so it was it was like she was really responsible for the the, the wonderful pacing of the panels wow. in between them too. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to make sure I point that out because she did a fact <laughs> added like a lot to to the final look of the book. And uh, actually, even more than that, sometimes I'll just draw things like wrong for whatever reason, <laughs> um, and then she'll go, "This head is too big. I'm just gonna fix this." It's like, yeah, <laughs> <go ahead." laughs> yeah, or or this city looks this. You know, I remember something about like. A, drawing of the city look kind of weird and she just went ahead and fixed it. So it was great to know that I could, you know, just hand hand off any part of the process to 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 my partner and, and it's totally in good hands. There was like a, a lot of overall chaos, I think, uh, in the making of this book and in the book itself. So <laughs> yes, we eventually arrived to a good working process. It took a it also well, we're only saying the good parts. <laughs> but it was also part learning how to collaborate was was its own, you know, own journey, I think. Uh, well, I, I I mean visually it looks so polished. I mean it um and and to hear Irma's doing, I guess, you know, roughs or breakdowns and then and then that tries is is you know drawing Irma's also drawing you know or or fixing or you know and then color and and, and I imagine finishes but um, are you working digitally then and, and sort of sharing files across? Uh, yeah, I think purely digitally. Yeah, 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 purely digitally. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought you were saying more. Yeah, it was Dropbox was our was our savior. So yeah, uh, it was just. Uh, both of us in the same files all the time. I don't think um, I think I don't even think this book would be poss possible, considering how we were handing things back and forth to do it traditionally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then just to speak to the the lettering and the polish. Um, yeah. Yeah. I always feel like nothing sinks a book faster than bad lettering. So it was so we were so lucky uh, to work yeah. with Aditya yeah. um, because. Phenomenal. Like, you know, sometimes we just hand off pages and be like, well, we don't know how this is going to turn out, uh, especially, you know, like with like the, the song pages. <laughs> and then they would come back and they would just be so alive. Uh, and then everything is so easy to read and it just like jumps beautifully off the page. So, uh, yeah, we were just really, really, really lucky. Uh, Even Machine Boy's like, voice. Uh, his, yeah. His, yeah, we didn't expect that. That was like brilliant. Uh, Could you imagine if we like uh, put all this effort into this book and then tried to let it our letter it ourselves and then oh, just like terrible destroyed yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I imagine that you would do uh, an awesome job. Bet you know better than you give yourself credit for. But Didier Bidikar is pretty amazing too. Uh, He's to incredible. Have. Uh, 
like all of his work uh, that just across the board I see, you know, in, in various series. And it's just so incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. To talk to Ram V sort of early on in in in, in his uh, collaborations with Vidikar and and um it's like this is one to watch. Like <laughs> this letter knows, you know, what what they're doing. So um that's that's surely proven themselves in the last few years. Um, yeah, and he's yeah. always working on his craft. Sorry, I just keep talking about this, but uh, <laughs> no, no, no. But, uh, you know, like you sort of know these people from Twitter uh, a little bit, and then so I just see this like constant working on on his craft and how much it's, it's sort of evolved over time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I have to tell you, I pre-ordered the book because the solicit the visuals of the solicit were so attractive and 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 kind of like eye-poppingly gorgeous um and i could see you know the the sort of tezuka filtered through a lot of like um contemporary you know brilliant artists and and all the the influences in just those preview pages and uh totally borne out in the book like i'm just um so in love with the way that y'all you know birthed this style i i gotta ask you about some of the like um, the thinking behind Orphan Universe, for example, the, <laughs> the sort of the band that that everybody's a fan of in in uh, in this world, and I love that you have every character in that sort of in a different style. How did you come up with that, and how did you sort of like um, you know sort out how you know what style each character would 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 be in? That is, I feel like, again, I'll try because if it was me designing those characters, they would just look kind of, you know, like a bunch of pretty boys, probably. Uh, but Try sort of took what their personalities were and, like, uh. really just pushed them to the absolute extreme. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I feel like every each individual character probably has its own little little um, uh, inspiration. Um, I think overall, the the uh, um, Orphan Universe was uh, inspired by um, a K-pop band called Big Bang. Uh, uh -huh. I think they're considered old school now, but I discovered them like while surfing through YouTube like a long time ago, like before before uh, K-pop became like quite so mainstream. And I was just I was like, what? What in the world am I looking at? It was just so audacious, like the stuff yeah. they were doing, yeah. and their 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 individual like characters are so extreme. Yeah. And then so, with that plus, I don't know. I just started like thinking, like, wouldn't it be funny if one of the characters was like, was like, uh, like kind of well, sort of drawn in, like, um, what was it? Do, do you know this comic called Crying Freeman? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Mega yeah. like realistic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought, like, what if one character just always crying? He's kind of, and he's kind of all drawn, kind of in a little more realistic style, and that was his thing. And then I thought, like, what if one one guy was just like a kind of like a vampire? But for some reason, I kept on thinking of um. There's like all these, like, uh, you know, Vampire Hunter D, or uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, these kind of like iconic, like vampire type illustrations and there's always like a, a damsel or a maiden and and then yeah. uh one hand kind of caressing her cheek yeah and i thought like wouldn't it be funny if that hand was like in a mickey mouse glove <laughs> 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 and, 
and there was nobody to stop me, right? So I was like, there's like, I'm not pitching this to anybody. I'm just going to yeah. make whatever makes me laugh. And, yeah. I mean, I guess theoretically, I was the one to stop you. But then <laughs> I would get these drawings and be like, this is amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just kept on getting weird. I think at some point, uh, or maybe Irma had to tone me down. Like, she did say, like, why Mickey Mouse gloves? Like, why? And I had to, like, explain to her. <laughs> like, it makes sense to me. But I, I think my favorite one, I think that was, who came up with Chad? Was I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. Uh, yeah, there was always just seemed to be that one boy band member that sometimes you wonder why he's in the band. <laughs> <laughs> and we just want to take that to the most extreme. Like yeah. he just looks like a regular guy and he's yeah, always yeah. looks confused, but you also yeah. wonder if there's something like very like yeah. maybe he's the secret sauce. Like you, yeah. you don't know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you know, these a lot a lot of these like highly planned, you know, like they very carefully recruit and train up the and 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 I and there must be something that there it's in the formula. Gotta have the yeah. sort of like why is they why are they here? But all right, we'll yeah. take it, you know. He's like the every man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was like a very specific demographic of like teen girl that's really into Chad. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. Because there will always be a following for whoever that one is. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, I mean, I think it captures it so well. You have that eclecticism, you know, uh, in mm -hmm. terms of art styles, but kind of showing how these are, you know, thrown together and it just kind of works. There's a chemistry of it that that super, super works. Uh, it, it reminds me a little bit of um, of One Punch Man and sort of like the, the you know, we're just kind of throw it all together. But even Toriyama, you know, <laughs> sort of has a, that that, okay, let me just kind of mix in a little bit of realism and a little bit of more like the cartoonish exaggerated style and, and yeah for me Toriyama was a huge uh, influence like i never really we were sitting down to dry we never reacted said oh we should you know right. reference right. Uh, but it was like it's in this like soup of stuff that yeah. we love and just came up i mean animal like actually i remember as a kid i, I had really real problems because I, I was old enough to question why mm. um uh but i had real problems with animal people in Toriyama. Yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> so i don't why understand why is there right. <laughs> animal people and he never yeah. explains it but now now i love it animal people uh, and everything yeah because i also feel like once you start breaking that reality you get a lot of leeway to break everything yeah um yeah you can sort of get away with a little bit more when the, the neighborhood shop owner is a basset hound man yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, within a few pages, you sort of teach the reader the the world, you know, the kind of extent and and how to stretch their imagination to fit this world, uh, and yet you keep it all very relational and and just the tiny bits of interaction with Mister Hound, the convenience yeah. store owner, and the and the whole you know tomatoes thing, and also what what happens how how Machine Boy starts to sort of reconcile with Mister Hound. Um, yeah. It's all wonderful, like save the cat type of, you know, like let's oh. establish <laughs> the, the love, the loving kind of kindness that's all all throughout the book, and I and I love that about it. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I, that leads me to think about, you know, certainly the uh, the anime and manga influences there. You you kind of have also a little bit of up the. <laughs> you have the and, and again without giving too much away um i wonder if that was a thought or or even just the you know the flashbacks when you do decide to do those um what the conversation was between you about about including that and... 
Mm. Um, sort of, do you mean specifically about uh, sort of the first two chapters and, and what transpires? Yeah, and then later on we get to sort of see grandpa and grandma's mm. relationship and there's this way that we fill it. Yeah, and then the car, which again made me think of Toriyama and of, uh, you know, of this, the, the significance of this, this couple and their, their life together. Yeah, I think the up, I don't know if we, I mean, I love that movie, that, and especially that sequence, maybe the best sequence in any Pixar movie. Oh, man. But I don't know if we ever consciously refer, like, even talked about that. Yeah. I think for me, I think it's just because, um, in a way, kind of the whole, the whole book seems to be almost a meditation. It sounds a bit hoity toity for, uh, for, no. you know, a younger book. It's like about loss and, grief and, and what comes after and you know when i don't know can we maybe sh i don't know if this spoiler alert we let's, need to let's end this do up. it please go read it it's amazing yeah please yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's happens, it. happens pretty early on but with yeah. with the loss of uh of karate grandpa yeah we didn't yeah. want to just say oh that's 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 the origin story right that's yeah. uh, uh machine boy uh, there's a loss and the machine boy was was born we really yeah. wanted to say okay well karate grandpa uh and may they had yeah. their own life way before that moment yeah. and also i think in the way i saw it karate grandpa knew what he was doing he knew what would be the you know the end of him when he had this sort of moment of sacrifice yeah. for this, this this boy yeah. so um yeah. i think the only way to make that feel real to us and the readers is to sort of delve deep into this life that was lived yeah and, and also lost too yeah like it almost feels insulting to treat a character like set dressing or like right. like the they only sort of exist to further along somebody else's journey um, right so it just kind of felt like a natural extension. It's like, you know, they spent decades together uh, and then one of them is gone. Like mm -hmm. life doesn't just move on after that. There's definitely, uh, you know, complications and emotions uh, that sort of come up from that, that I felt like we just couldn't ignore. <laughs> yeah, and also I think um, Machine Boy's relationship to grandma is pretty complex because he is also he did take something away inadvertently yeah. or not but also yeah. in a way he's also sort of a gift to something yeah. like something that we've implied that they've always wanted right so um it just seemed like it, it we needed to kind of because we didn't really know like we didn't say oh this should be the message of this chapter we didn't know right. we kind of had to like get in there and, and write and make it messy and then see where the story ended up and wh what the character need to have closure i suppose yeah 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 i mean i think one of the things that i loved about it and moved me including when i read it last night was with my daughter is you know we grew up in the u.s with so many disney movies where essentially the parent figure dies that's the beginning of the journey for you know the adolescent or whatever and and that just felt as a kid of a piece with our assimilation into american culture this it, it kind of added to that sense that i have to leave behind my my parents as mm -hmm. opposed to what they expected which is we're gonna be around for a long long time and you're gonna come back and visit us right all the time right <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so it tells different kinds of stories about 
an ongoing presence, whether whether it's grandma's kind of kind of persistently being there and embracing machine yeah. boy, or it's you know the altar and and grandpa yeah. kind of still being present. Because that's what I grew up with. I didn't. I still don't even quite understand the um, the actual significance of um, you know having this sort of altar to to sort of past family members. But I knew I grew up with it. I knew it was important. You absorb it, and and for, again, food was also really you know uh, important on those days. Uh, yeah. So it just seemed like um, like gra grandpa the part of the story fairly early on, but he kind of kept on being part of the story all the way till the very, like very, very end, I think. Yeah. I yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. It's um it's beautiful. I'm not gonna lie, I was crying when I was reading. Uh, the book. Oh, <laughs> that's what we planned. <laughs> you got me. You made me laugh and cry and it worked. You you did it. Um I, I, I have to ask at this point, and I just thank you so much, both of you, for spending time talking about this your, your amazing book. Um, yeah, is there what's the future for for Machine Boy? And uh and then are there other other projects that you both are working on? Just just gotta you know, so curious and so eager to see what, you know, what y'all have next. Uh, I feel like it, almost everything is, is either uncertain or under wraps right now. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think I have anything that I can directly talk about that I'm working on next at the moment. Uh, and obviously we would really love to tell more Machine Boy stories uh, yeah. and hopefully we can have some some news on that front, but uh, nothing yeah, at this point. There's a lot of stories still in our head. Um, yeah, I think I I love this character. I think I could I could work on this character for my entire life, uh, probably. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Um, Lots uh, of like nine p.m. messages between Try and I. That's just like, hey, what if? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't this be great? And most of the time, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's I'm not sure if it is great. Um, but yeah. Uh, and but as for other comics, um, yeah, like or a lot of things are sort of in development. But I can, I, I do also do work. I have um, with Skybound, I, um, I was working on Ninjago Garmadon. Yeah. It's a comic yeah. based on um, the Ninjago, toy series. Lego Ninjago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm just wrapped that up. The last issue will be out in October, I believe. And um, beyond that, I. Uh, Still plugging away, but not, not sure what the next thing is yet. Yeah, oh, yeah. If I can mention, uh, I put out a little book of like um, dog comics called Year of the Dog, I think last year, uh, which is pretty available on the internet, uh, which might be your thing if you like dogs. So it's super good. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. I did put a, I did have a glimpse at it. So I'll, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes as well. <laughs> in a few for folks can check it out. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, it's been so cool to talk to both of you. We will be following like uh, uh, us over here in this household and and I'm sure the listeners and readers. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, Everyday Hero Machine Boy was one of the books of the year for me. Like, wow. I, I'm, I'm so excited to uh, have it in my classroom and put it in kids' hands. And um, it's just poignant and, and beautifully rendered. And uh super super amazing book so so honored to talk to both of you and thank you so much for for coming on to comic syllabus 
Thanks so Thank much you. for having us. It yeah, it was a re fun. real pleasure to, to chat with you today. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to have you again. Take care. Absolutely. Thank you.